The greatest legacy one can pass to on to one's children and grandchildren is not money or material things accumulated in one's life, but rather a legacy and character of faith. Strikers, how are we teaching legacy and character? Let's find out next on The Mighty Animal. God, you are my smith. Forge me into the servant that you would have me be. Hit me hard enough to brush the scale and impurities from my life. Draw out my life to the length that you would have it. Make me tough enough to resist persecution and temper me so that I am hard enough to withstand my temptations. Lord, as I go through life, put me back in the fire from time to time to repair me as I get blemished with sin. And when my life is over and the fires of life are all quenched, Grant me a home with you in heaven. Amen. Amen. Alan, well, uh, it has been a couple of weeks. I will tell you that for me, it's been needed. Like uh, there, there was a couple of weeks that I was getting a little a little overwhelmed. Not overwhelmed, but I could feel everything was going on. And so these last three weeks that we've taken off, uh, <laughs> I am refreshed. So I'm ready to go. Yeah. Uh, so so uh, we're going to go over the brushing uh, for strikers. It's been a while. Welcome back. We're starting season five. This season, we've got the armor of God. Uh, we've got some things going on that I got some recording to do, some visual uh, aspects of the physical part of the armor, and then we'll go into the spiritual part. But uh, yeah, y'all keep saying a prayer and make sure that, or help me out that uh, we can actually get that going. Alan, uh, what do we got going at Grace Place Family Church? At Grace Place Family Church, uh, coming up in March, um, well, because by the time this episode comes out, we would have already done another Bring Your Light, uh, Bring the Light Ministries. So coming up in March on the 5th, we have another Bring the Light Outreach. Um, other than that, when this episode comes up, we've already started our small groups. Uh, but again, for anybody that's, you know, it's never too late to join. So go ahead and uh, hit up gracepointfamilychurch.com. You can find out more about the small groups, where they're located at, um, what the men and women are studying, and that way, you know, you can go ahead and get connected and uh, get plugged into a group and get started. Um, other than that, we have our permanent food bank in Anna, Grace Point, uh, or sorry, Grace Place, <laughs> Grace Place in Anna on 505 North Powell Parkway. Um, it is open Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 4 to 7 p.m. It is also open Saturday from 9 to noon, and that is for anybody that finds themselves to be food insecure. Um, stop in, get a cup of coffee, do a little shopping, get some stuff that your family will actually eat, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll also take the time to pray for you and, and help out in any way we can. Right on. So uh, some events for ELC coming up. February 17th is uh, She Gathering. Uh, February 19th, uh, Serve Day. Uh, it's an opportunity for us to go out to the communities and serve our communities. Uh, you can look up on the website for uh, more details on that. There's quite a bit going on on that day. And then February 25th, we've got Warrior Night. So, uh, guys, uh, come out and join us. Um, and then uh, Embrace Events. April 29th through May 1st, Adopt a Family Campout at Lake Whitney State Park. That sounds like fun. I'm kind of curious to how that plays out. And then we also have June 8th, uh, Child to Family Connection Adoption Event is at Prestonwood Baptist Church in Plano. So we got some events going on there. 
Uh, ladies and gentlemen, strikers, uh, y'all may hear the little difference today. Alan is on the phone because he uh, recently had another kid. Well, maybe he didn't. He didn't have a kid. What's that? I had another expensive operation. Yes, another operation. Uh, add a person to me. Uh huh. Add a person to me, baby girl. <laughs> right on. Well, congratulations. Is she uh, she just controlling every minute of your life yet? She is absolutely adorable. I don't know how I'm going to survive. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Good luck with that. Uh, today, uh, as far as our guest goes, we have an individual that um, I've been wanting to have on for a little while because I've heard some rumors about how he parents, and uh, that is what we are going over today is Father Knows Best. And so we'll clear up some of those uh, rumors in the rumor mill, and we got uh, his son here to keep him honest. So we got James and Asa Moore with us today. Ah, fanfare. Yes, I'm <laughs> happy to be here. I'm very honored to be here, uh, being a part of this podcast and and what you guys are doing. You know, um, I think it's a great thing. Father knows best. You know, when I first heard that series, you know, it really intrigued me because it really is Father Knows Best, and it's really our Heavenly Father who knows best and helps us be the fathers that we need to be. So I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah. that was a nice turn. All right, so I'm going to put you all on the spot, put Asa on the spot now. Oh. So uh, this is a core value uh, podcast, and uh, we usually have our first-time guests come on and talk about uh, what their top three core values are. What are your dad's top three core values? That's really putting me on the spot. Um, we have we have quite a bit of um, core values. I mean, first is going to be like honor. Um, that's going to be number one, hundred percent. Hundred percent. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> really, that's like one of the like main main ones that we kind of like have to live by and like we, we go through. Um, and then it's going to be like servant leadership, kind of um, using our like time wisely and like. Sorry, I'm de- definitely not prepared for that one. <laughs> but um, what would you say that uh, when you're looking at your dad, what you think his core values are? Just uh, the way that he lives his life. Well, definitely, like time is money. So that is kind of like one that he lives by too. Is like honor, being wise with your money, and like being wise just in general. And then also like I don't know what the third one would be because there's like so many like ones that, that we yeah that we we have. we have that I can't like make a like, like decisive the top three. third yeah top yeah. three. So James, what is that top well, three? What was the third one? Ace says no. It's on, number one is honor. Yeah, you know we we talk about that a lot in our families, and when we have situations, we go we go right back to that number one. Is it honorable? Are you honoring? And then number two is Ace didn't come up, and I thought oh, Ace, you, you didn't probably, get it. Uh, <laughs> number two is being a praying family, and we do that every day. My wife and I start our yep. day out in the morning. First thing we ever do, we pray together. We pray for each other. We pray for ourselves. We pray for our kids. We pray for other people. And we've been doing that for years. And, uh, and then as a family, we pray every night as a family, you know, no matter if Ace is there or not, or Mariah, whoever, but we pray together as a family. Yeah. And if Julie's gone, get her, if she's gone, get her on the phone, we're going to pray together. And, and you know how we do it. I always, um, end in prayer, but it's either, out of our children, you know, Asa, and when Jada was there, Jada, Asa, and Mariah, they rotate. So they would lead off, and they would pray. I like it. And then I'd, then I'd wrap it up at the end, and we still do that. Yeah. So that that's number two, I being a praying that. of family. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I thought you, you, he, I thought he would hammer the first two. That definitely went above my head. Yeah. So. And, and the third one is kind of like a tie, like what he said, time, talent, 
uh, time, talent, and treasure, and that's important. But I also said that um, having family time is really important, and yeah. spending t- and spending time when we try time to focus family. on that, you know, yeah. that really is important. Right on. I like that family time, and I'll come back and ask uh, some more questions on that. So, uh, when you were talking about uh, prayer with family, how did you guys start that? As far as, like uh, James, as far as you praying with your wife, because I know that's something that um, ELC is big on uh, during the marriage class. Um, talking about praying with your your spouse, and mm-hmm. it can be a little awkward at first. Um, can you elaborate on how you started doing that and how that began? Yeah, um, and you're right. That word awkward. It was awkward. Julie and I were having communication issues, and we weren't communicating on and hitting our filters, and we had a lot of issues um, in our marriage. We got to a point. This is like we got to seek somebody out who's going to help us through this. And so um, Dave Romo and his wife Isabel, we sought them out, and they said, yeah, this is what we do. We help couples counsel. So we started um, meeting with them every week, and the first, I remember, we remember the first day that we met with them, they said the core of everything comes to prayer. So um, we started as a pattern to pray together. And for me, it was, it was um, awkward. It was difficult. Um, but now it's... I don't even think about it. It's just a, a part of nature for me now, and part of nature for my wife. You know that we we pray together, and you know sometimes we pray more together during the day when situations come up than we just do in the morning. You know, yeah. it's like, hey, this com- the situation's coming up. Hey, let's pray together. We even do that at school. You know, so uh, it ta- it takes time. It takes habit, but it's something that we felt that we need to do and our relationship has gotten so much stronger how we communicate has gotten so much better and we tell other couples too that maybe come to us and hey i got what do you think about this i've had some difficulties here i said are you guys praying together no i said that's where you need to begin so that's how that came about is uh, your wife at uh she work at the school as well yes we're both at we're all three of us are at frisco high school Yes. I never see no. him, so no. yeah. I'm fine with that. No, only when he wants to come to our, my room. That's so know? true, yeah. <laughs> to borrow the credit card. Um, so uh, next question we have for you, what's uh, your core uh, scripture? I have a lot of them, and I yeah. think I kind of raised, and, and I've heard this on, on your podcast before with other guys, but it's, again, Proverbs 27, 17. I'd go and say, so... Asa, Proverbs 27, 17. His iron sharpens iron, so does one man sharpen another. Bingo. Proverbs 27, 17. There we go. Because you know, everything's everything lays on that. You know, you got to have people around. you got to have men sharpen. you got to have, For sure. I mean, you know, those around you, you know, keeping you sharp, keeping the edge, so it's never getting dull. Yep. You know, so we hang a lot on that one. Random question, favorite cereal? Favorite cereal? Oh, Okay. I don't hardly ever, ever eat this, but this is probably my favorite cereal. He, he really doesn't eat cereal at all. No, I do. I had a bowl fact. of cereal before I came here. Well, you rarely was, you rarely eat cereal. Yeah, rarely. But my favorite one, I have to say Captain Crunch. Ooh. How about yours? I have to be on the same boat with him, Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch, huh? It's the best one. Just the plain one, not the one with the berries, just plain Captain Crunch. Yep. And not eat it as cereal in a bowl with milk eat it right out of the box no no, no, no. that's where he goes wrong there uh going back to today's uh topic and we're talking about father knows best where i got this title was it was the tv show back in the day yes i thought it was a great tv show back then i went back and kind of watched some Mm -hmm. to get ready for this not sure it held up but you know right but anyway uh and i like the way that you thought about it's not just us being fathers it's our heavenly father yeah. and i had not thought about that yet so 
Yeah. Alan, you want to start off with some questions? Yeah. So what was it first like for you? When did you first feel the pressure of, you know, I'm, enti- I'm, I'm entrusted to raise another human being? Um, the very first, well, I had really two instances of that, and they're a little bit both different. Of course, when my my Jadam, our firstborn, our daughter, was born, that moment when I was in the room and they handed her to me, and I was like, okay. Welcome to the club. Yes. I was like, this is a huge responsibility. But I had this little infant in my, in my hands, my arms, and just thinking about the weight of that. The second time was greater than the, the really, I'm going to say we have three. So this is not second time. The third time <laughs> was greater than the, the other two is when Asa was born and he was born in our house. And I remember taking him out of the room into the living room. I sat on the couch and I'm holding him and I'm just looking at him. And I says, I have so much more. I felt a, a, a little bit more heaviness than I did with my first two daughters. I felt more heavy with Asa because there was a great responsibility of legacy on the male side and, and being able to develop a leader, you know, you know, in my line. So that, that was, you know, some defining moments for me. Wow. So I think the biggest, I think the biggest one for me was uh, my daughter because that was the first one I had no, I didn't even think about my son and the way that, that, that legacy was going to be transferred. But then I also... I'm not sure I was going to church at the time either, so that was that was something new for me in the process. My thinking process was a little bit different. And I looked at it is because I was already thinking that he's going to have to lead someday. He'll have to lead his wife. He'll have to lead his his children. Where my daughters are, I'm, I expect somebody when they get to, me, to lead them and, and and take that mantle. Yeah. But his the weight was different with him. Hmm. Hmm. That totally makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the definition of a fatherhood to you what does that mean to you um leader disciplinarian someone who's going to love unconditionally and sometimes it's hard be kind have high standards high expectations you know and and be the best example that you can be I mean, that's, I mean, and there's a process. It really is a process. And as you go through that fatherhood season, I have to say it's a season that you're trying to be that best example for them to model as our heavenly father is a model to us. I set the bar kind of high. Um, my wife, not so high on the kids. Mm -hmm. She thinks it's my, my standards are really high. And like, how do you expect the kids to ever reach that? But it's not really the expectation of having them reach it it just it gives them something to shoot for i think that if you set the bar low and they can step over it then what what do they really achieve so that's one of my i agree on that i wholeheartedly agree on that you've got to put it up there you know shoot for the moon yep you know you have to do that with uh individuals with kids you know so they can realize the potential that they have if yeah. you set it too low they'll never realize you know the potential and the talents they have and discover <clears throat> those things Hey, so what is uh, your dad taught you what fatherhood means? Like when you look at him and you define what fatherhood using him as an example, what is that? Really, it's just like leadership and just leading people and like leading your family, leading yourself into the right direction. So you can just help like um, like your family because like 
at the end of the day, like in the Bible, it says like the guy, the the man will be leading the house or like your wife or your family. So I would just say it all boils down to leadership and just showing what how to be a leader, and not also like not also like during the good times or the easy times, but also during the hard times. And when you say during the hard times, what are some hardships that you've seen? Uh, or are, if there's any uh, hardships you've seen your father go through, and how do you feel that he handled them, or how did how did he handle those hardships? There's been quite there's been quite a few. Um, I know it's not like it's not easy for him because like he likes keeping a lot of stuff inside and not you know getting help from others. But um, I'm learning. I'm growing. Yes. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I'll say like. I can say two stories, um, but, like, one is just, like, it's kind of hard for him to lead and have, like, a Christian life. I mean, he's, when he was a coach, and he still is, and he's still at school, and it's so, it's really hard to lead, like, a Christian when we have other coaches that are doing the exact opposite, but they call themselves a Christian, and I know that's, like, really hard on him, and, like, he gets, like, made fun of and put down on that for being as strict of a christian coach that he is and you know the standards that he's has that he has for like the players and like um the coaches are like no you shouldn't do that or like just take it easy um but i know that's like really hard on him not just hard on him but like at like you have to realize that he's also um helping these young men that are in athletics and in the school um grow up um and technically, it's like a second dad almost, and so like he's kind of accountable also, or like any any athletic coach um, that really can pour into kids' lives, um, teenagers' lives, especially you know through high school. That's like a major major year of of change for a lot of people, and so um, there every every single like principal, AP, um, you could name whatever school, even even like athletics like even the PE teacher um or the the trainers that we have um it all comes down to they're still accountable for every single student that um they teach because all those students are definitely looking up to some of those most of the athletic coaches I would say but um you're you're really pouring into students for four years and um a lot of us seniors um we did the math and so we've spent 350 uh, yeah 365 days 24 hours on that football field um just practicing and watching film doing weights being with our coaches and really that adds up a lot of time um so really it comes down to them being accountable and i know it's hard because a lot of those coaches don't want to keep um people accountable and that's the opposite with my dad that he wants to keep people accountable and um just like living with that christian mindset i know it like eventually us guys are going to be leading the family and if the coaches are steering us one way they're definitely going to be accountable later for it and so um that's kind of like what are the bad situations he's been in when he's just put down and like cast it to the side um but also another thing is like my dad has an injury so um technically we're not going to speak this over him but he is paralyzed his right arm's paralyzed and so um just not like fully just like his hand and movement and stuff um but just like I don't know like just kind of like pushing through that um I know since you like kind of got hurt that I kind of had to step up a little bit for 
the whole family, not just you, but so just those bad times kind of past things have made me like learn and just had to step up. I think that's huge that, um, you know, cause I know that sometimes be, well, I know that being a Christian, you're ostracized a lot of the time you are put down, you are made fun of. And for, um, your father just to stand his ground and still like, Hey, despite the fact, this is how I'm going to do this. Is how I'm going to run my team. This is how I'm going to coach my athletes. I think that that's huge. And that speaks to a lot of, uh, his perseverance and his willpower. Yeah. That's fantastic. James, uh, being a coach, uh, uh, football, football. I've done about everything. Football, mm-hmm. basketball, soccer, yeah. track, powerlifting. How long you, you been coaching? Um, <laughs> thirty plus years. Thirty plus years. Out of wow. those years, have, do you have a story of where you have impacted a kid the most? Or? He, he has a lot of stories. Oh, so there's, of, there's, yeah, a lot of stories, and I still get them. Yeah, either coaching or students that had I had just in class and uh i'll give you two i had uh um when i was coaching in california there was a kid named mike sartorio he had a twin brother and played on the team and father they were fatherless so they're being raised by a single mom so i got four years with them after they graduated and moved on we ended up my wife and we ended up moving to texas um a few years later i got an email out of the blue said hey coach more this is this is mike sartorio he goes and he just wrote this one page email and he goes i needed to contact you and needed to tell you and uh, he goes after we graduated i went to junior college for two years then i got a scholarship and i went out to montana state and played for another two years there and i got my degree and and he just proceeded on what was positive what was going on in his life and he goes if i never had your fatherly example if i never been had been pushed like you pushed us he goes i wouldn't be in the spot where i am now and he goes i'm married getting married not at that point he was i'm getting married and i've got something to hold on to and look at to to move me into that you know that husband um role now and he says all i want to do is just thank you so that was one nice. i mean there's lots of, and then i mean just uh two weeks ago I was at the gym, and one of my former students, and he had been an athlete for a couple of years, but I had him, in, I um, had developed a relationship with him. I'm up in the gym on the treadmill, and I see him start going down the stairs, and I was like, I didn't want to yell out and scream his name in front of everybody because he has the earpods on. He goes downstairs, and my wife's downstairs, and she happened to see him, and uh, she knew who he was, and, and he asked, "Hey, is, you know, is Coach Moore here?" He goes, "Yeah, he's upstairs. You must have in the corner." Yeah. And then he he all of a sudden I see this little head pop up and I look and he looked we just looked dead in the eyes and he ran all the way up step, steps and came up he goes I could not leave here and until I could just spend some time and talk to you tell me tell you what is going on and the t- the times that I had him and I didn't have him in class he just kept coming to my class and just I was just pouring into him dreams you know paint your picture well him and another student. Um, named Evan, they both hooked up together, and they were always in my classroom asking me this question, that question, and I pushed them. I said, you know what? Paint your paint your picture of your dream, and they wanted to be entrepreneurs, so they ended up starting a little um, business together, selling NFL jerseys and NBA jerseys, and I'll tell you how they how they got that, but it was through his company in China, and uh, they started doing well, and they said after the, when the COVID hit, um, that kind of went down the hill, and they said that they transitioned in something that I had told them to think about in the future. And that was selling shoes and selling toys. 
And they said, we started doing that. We partnered up with some manufacturing companies. And they said, this last summer, we did over $40,000 in revenue. And these are from two 19-year-olds. <laughs> 19. Yeah, they're nice. 19. Right. And uh, yeah, and so, I, and so I was just like, I'm so happy for you guys. And this is, these are our other plans. We're going to expand and we're going to go into this other areas and do this. And we're going to spend, even though we're still going to college, we're going to spend less time at college now. And we're going to pour everything into this. And I said, what's your bigger dream? This is our bigger dream is in, than into real estate. We want to get into duplexes, fourplexes, small apartments. And this is, we have it all mapped out. And he says, we haven't spent a dime of anything of our stuff. I says, you're doing it right. And I says, what, what did I tell you way back then when I had them? I said, well, they said, seed money. I said, yep. that's right. That's your seed for the future. Hold on to it and throw that seed out when when that comes. And then um, and then I talked about alignments and I always talked about alignments. I said, yeah, we got aligned with this real estate guy who's really big in Frisco and he was going to mentor us and everything. And then he just blew us off. And I go, wrong alignment. I says, I got the right alignment for you. I said, I says hey, in the, uh, get a hold of Evan, email me. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to go to a coffee shop. We'll sit down and let's just I'm going to spend an hour or two and just start going through some things since develop your dream. And I said, then I'm going to get you in the contact with the people I know that will want to help you and mentor you. So those are two, two great stories right there. I, I, I love hearing, and I'm sure everybody else does, like love hearing those those kind of, um, I forget the term. but it, Success it, it, stories? It, the success stories, the Cinderella stories. Mm-hmm. I mean, the one that hits me the most is like having the, the two boys that were uh, the boy that was uh, in the fatherless home yeah. and how he, I mean, to get an email out of the blue mm-hmm. to re, like to remember you, to actively seek you out, to get an email out of the blue and just to not just to like, Hey man, here's what's going on in my life. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be ready to get married. I wouldn't be ready to be a you know a father someday. I, that's amazing to me. That's mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah, and I've got I've got shoeboxes full of notes and cards from former students from thirty years ago. Yeah, you know, wow. I keep them all. James, how has uh, being a father changed the way that you handled situations in your life? From like when you did when when you just got married, or mm-hmm. prior to that, to when you have kids, and that's kind of given you a different perspective on how to handle a situation. Uh, different seasons. Um, in the beginning, I think it was more or less when. Jada was small, Mariah was small because they were 19 months apart. And before Asa came, I thought it was more about me and coaching and you know my dreams of success. But you're still pouring into kids. I've always done that. But looking at that, I thought it was more about me. And now it's not more about me. And I've realized that over the last, I don't know, five to ten five to ten years, it's not it's about their dreams. And it's about their vision and helping them, you know, to reach a level of success and guiding them through. Because, you know, they're going to hit bumps in the road. They're going to hit on some landmines and being there, you know, to put that Band-Aid on. You know, and I'm not talking about a physical Band-Aid, but right. I'm talking about a heart Band-Aid or a emotional Band-Aid, you know, and help the healing take place. And how do you get through, you know, certain things? So it's, it's different, you know, for me is now it's just way different. You know, it was, it was about me and about time in the beginning, you know, but now it's just totally different when you, when you become a father. With youth a lot, what's one of the biggest challenges you've had with other people's kids and then also with your own kids? Can't um, beat other people's kids. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> uh, there's a way to do it. And I think over, over my career, 
times have changed. We all know times change. Parenting change, society changes, culture changes. And from when I started to where I am today, you, you walk a fine line. Um, I, I mean, it's just like um, 20 years ago, what I did to one of my teams, I could probably get fired here for it now because the times have changed. And when you're talking about, you know, discipline, but I think it, it still relates to one thing. You have to develop a relationship. You have to do that. You have to get into the heart of, for me, to, to kids and meeting them at their need and understanding who they are. Because if you don't do that, everything is superficial. They don't trust you. And anything they do, anything that you do to them, especially if it's a discipline thing, you're going to hit a roadblock. And then it creates animosity, creates distrust, it creates anger, and then it creates uh, a non-relationship. So you can't reach you can't reach a kid unless you grab his heart, and then you can't discipline a kid unless you've got his heart. Because any type of discipline, it's really to them, it's it's a punishment. Yeah, for it's sure, not, it's not a correction. Yeah, I could add something on that, and um, just like a big thing is definitely a relationship, not even just for all athletes in general, and just. If you if you like don't have a built up like good relationship with your coach, um, you're definitely not like gonna put your full trust in him. Um, I know like some sports you don't re- rely really heavily during like an event or I could say event like track event or um, a football game as you know some other sports. Um, but for football, it's like a major deal. Is just you have to trust your coaches that they'll call the right play. But also the coaches have to trust you to make the right decision on the field and to follow your either assignment or just like read what you've like the coaches have taught you. And so in order to like um, be able to like fully trust your coach and or just the coaching staff and all the coaches in general just is you're gonna have to have like a really, really strong relationship. And that's not just during season, that's during off season and during when we don't have anything Um that we're doing just still keeping that connection with your your athletes and your players and really that goes a long way because you know athletes have lives too and it's just just like a lot of coaches just um I'm not gonna say a lot but there's quite a few coaches out there that really don't care about the athletes they just care about winning or just care about a trophy um care about the wins um their record and really it, it shouldn't be about that it should be about the athletes and helping them grow up but also helping them develop in the sport that they want to play um possibly in the future or if they don't want to play just developing them as a human being um but it's a really big deal to have a strong relationship with your athletes and that goes and that goes you know with Jade and Mariah and Asa having that strong relationship with them and sometimes it's not easy it really isn't and and sometimes it's tough and we've had our conflicts Asa and I've had our conflicts I've had my conflicts with my daughters but we just tried to and you know to work all those things out so we're on the same page we know where all we're going and we're all where we are heading you know and uh but but it goes with any relationship you know you're going to have your difficult moments and how do you get through those well you got you got to have you got to have a a basis of love first that's got to be a foundation yeah you know you got to have some trust there and then you just got to be committed to get through and say we're going to get through this we're not just not going to you know, hide and cower yep. and it's like not yep. deal with it. You just, yep. we got to deal with it. You, you know? have to, because yeah. you know, if you, if you don't deal with it, then there's going to be just issues. And like, you're going to start creating like 
lazy athletes that don't want to deal with things and um, just. Are you calling yourself lazy? No, no, <laughs> no. I'm just talking about just in general. Yeah, okay. Just in general. Um, yeah. But I mean, if you don't like figure out things, that's always going to constantly like still be in the back of people's heads is just that issue or like if they've been hurt like that hurt that they've been hurt and yeah it hasn't been talked about and that's like you know you i mean we've had some things and you've been, you felt like that you've been hurt you know or jada or mariah or yeah i mean every, every, everyone's gonna feel hurt yeah like there's no way it's like but it's getting through that and yeah, healing and then for just, sure yeah yeah and building a better bond who taught you how to be a dad <laughs> no one. Oh, yeah ace is right I was raised by a single mom who had many men in her life. So that question, you know, when I when I thought about that question earlier when you sent that to me, and I was like, I felt he's going to ask me that question, and it's really difficult for me. Um, I learned what not to do. Yeah. Okay. I saw what not to do because I came from a very, very dysfunctional family. My, my biological father left when I was two and a half. Um, him and my mom got together um, pretty early. When she was 15, he was 16. They ran away from home, did got married, did their thing, and just made a lot of mistakes. And he ended up leaving when I was two and a half. And so getting back to your question, who really fathered me, uh, I would have to say several people. Yeah. Okay. The men in my mom's life were like a revolving door. They didn't father me. I saw what not to do. I had a grandfather that I was allowed to see once a month until he passed away when I was 14. And he was a, just um, for a few hours once a month put seeds inside of me because whenever we as kids knew that he was going to have a lot of time with us, we, waited, we would wait outside for his car to pull up in the driveway. And the first thing that he would do would give us give us huge hugs, tell us that he loved us, touch us, okay? And this is the key. He says, I pray for you every day. Pray for you every day. And then he'd pull out a pack of Juicy Fruit Gum and give us a stick of Juicy Fruit Gum because that was his favorite. <laughs> That's all he ever had was Juicy Fruit Gum. And uh, I so, like him already. Yeah, so from him. And it was a sad day. It was a sad day when I got the news when I was 14 that he passed away, and I went to his funeral, and I still sometimes still cry today. And what a lot of people don't know that he was a pastor. My grandfather was a pastor. My biological dad, because I, I don't know if he's alive today. I've only seen him three times in my whole life. But he would build churches, start churches, build them. I mean, he was a carpenter. He'd build them, get them, you know, get them going, get them, you know, settled in. And then he would feel the Lord lead him to somewhere else. And he would do the same thing again. He would start another church, build it physically himself. Get it planted, get it going, get it on solid ground, and then the Lord would just have him move, you know. But that, I hold on to that, and I have one little CD at home that has, uh, um, when he was in his retirement years, le- preaching in a home group, as he was, I guess he was getting ready to start another church, in a home group, so I still hear his voice. I still have that one message, and I hold on to that. And then I have to go back, who were the other um, individuals that helped me um, to learn to be uh, a father, my my football coaches, Coach Young, Coach Goley, Coach Cooper, Coach Ferris. I still remember it was all the hard training, but it was still the love because my head coach, uh, Coach Young, was the head of our uh, Young Life organization on our campus. So I, he was he was open about his faith. 
you know, in an inner city school, people don't, I went to an inner city school in Oakland, California. We call it the Flatlands. I was the minority. There was about 20 white kids in the whole, in the whole school. My senior class was about 800, which is mostly African-American, a few Hispanics, a few Asians. And so growing up in that, I understood everything about what brotherhood was. And, and it's funny because um, my first coaching, when I first started coaching, was in that high school. And, and, and pouring into, when I was that young, but pouring into those, those individual guys who are now, you know, I'm 59. So some of my players are 50 now that I was coaching back then. And I were on Facebook. Hey, coach, how's it going? How's this? I'm doing this, doing that. And I was like, all the way back, you know, God had a plan for that. You know, so being a fatherless um, son, I should say, man, other people can step in and fill those voice. My grandfather, for a short time, and I really believe some of the rough times as a kid that I saw and had to go through, I was protected because of his prayers. And I, I believe that to my day. Him saying, I praying for you every day. He was praying for protection. I, I knew it in my spirit. He's praying for p- protection. And, um, and then my football coaches. And I think it's one of the reasons why I became a coach. Yeah, it seems to be a theme that we've uh, we've run across a couple of times where uh, there was not a father in the house, yeah. but uh, you know they learned what not to do. And with yeah. some of the fathers that were in the house, that they learned what not to do. Yeah, strikers, uh, let's uh, go take a break real quick. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We use Anchor for this podcast and our other podcasts the weekend from A to Z. So if you're about to start a podcast, lift Anchor with Anchor FM and set sail on your new adventures. Strikers, we're back, uh, welcoming James and Asa Moore today, uh, talking about Father Knows Best. With your grandfather, and I loved the intentionality that he had, I don't know, about seeing you once a month. Uh, that's a core value that I'm working on is intentionality this, this year. But what is something that he told you, uh, you know, other than I love you and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff? What was uh, some advice that resonates in you today? It wasn't necessarily something that he said. It was just what he did. The time. Spending the time. Doing whatever I could to spend the time. And I think that has resonated to one of our core values, having that family time. That is so important, you know, to have that that group time, but also have our one-on-one time. Because Ace and I have had it. We've had our one-on-ones. My daughters, we've had our one-on-ones. And that's important. And, you know, that's really important. And it just builds that connection. That builds that relationship. And, you know, you hear a lot about, oh, you know, the absent dad. Dad's there, but he's really absent. He's got his own little thing. But the kids are over here, and you see them, you know, growing up, and there's just a great disconnect. And I think in our society, there's just a great disconnect, whether um, kids have a dad, but they're just disconnected dads. They're just dad in name. 
Yeah. Whereas, and I, I see that in, in my classes all the time when I'm talking to my, my kids or my students. I, I call my kids all of them anyway. Or if they're in a single, and a lot of them, are, they're not living with their dad. If, if they're divorced, they're just living with mom, and it's a single parent issue, and there's no guidance there at all. You know, so it's not necessarily what my grandfather said. It's the consistency showed that, you know, time was important, his love was important, his care was important. And that's that just sends volumes. It really does. It creates a great bond, a great connection. Asa, when uh, you get to spend that one-on-one time with your dad, what's your favorite thing that y'all have done? I, I, hmm. I really couldn't tell you. Um I just like spending time with people. So, um, do you know your uh, your your top love language? Do you, hey, well, let me let me back up here. Okay, Dave James. Like, do you know his top love language? Uh, yes. Well, I don't think so because, <laughs> so from previous like years, no, <laughs> as, that, as that's, that's touch. That's not touch. That's not touch anymore. Oh, not any, okay. So, anymore. It was. So it's changed over a lot of the course of years. Yeah, and just like. Asa was a very touchy feely kid. I still kind of not like yeah. to a sense, but kind of am still a little bit. Yeah, want that physical touch, hugs. He wanted to sit next to you, if not sit on you. You know, he wanted that time <laughs> when, though. Kid, this this was like when I was really yeah, really young, yeah, probably yeah. ten years old. So, what's yeah. your love language now? I would have to say, like, that's kind of hard. I haven't taken it in a while, but. Um, Mine would probably be um, acts of service and quality time. Yeah, I I would agree. He wants that time. Yep. Alan. Okay. Uh, I was going to ask the same question uh, that you asked James. I was going to ask Asa, what's something that, um, what's something that your father said that kind of sticks sticks with you now? Asa didn't know this was going to be an exam today. <laughs> no, he didn't. It's all good. It's all good. Didn't study, but you know, <laughs> what would be new? Huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, no wrong answer. No wrong answer. Right. That's right. It's all one hundred percent. Something that would stick to me. I'll give you an example. I'll give you a little bit of time to think about it. But uh, for me, my stepdad. I was sitting in there watching uh, TV one day, and uh, I watched quite a bit of TV growing up. And I think it was because of the situation that I was in. But he walked past me one day. He goes, "You know, if you don't get up and move, this is going to be this is going to start how your life is going to be." And uh, that resonates with me today in the fact that okay, so if you ask my kids, Dad's never he never just sits still. It's like I'm going all the time because I don't want I don't want to be that that. Uh, not passive, but just that stagnant mm-hmm. person anymore, or what, that I was when I was growing up. So, yeah, I thank thank you for that one. <laughs> um, I could say I could say two things for that, but um, number one would be like it's gonna be like a word. So whenever we at Cobb, like kind of the core value that the coaches put is like hard work pays off, and so they painted that in the I think the locker room, mm-hmm. locker room and the weight room. And so um, that's kind of like always been ever since I was like a little kid from him. It's like hard work pays off. Like you're, you're never going to be handed anything to you. Amen. So you, you see <laughs> that the truth. Um, right. But <laughs> no, um, it's going to take 
no matter like where you where you want to go like now like for me learning that at such a young age and now having my own like business and company just like rocking making like unimaginable money for a teenager to make in less than like two hours of work it's just crazy um and so i would definitely say i have like it being hard work Mm -hmm. and like knowing that you can't get handed anything because like nothing is handed to you in life yeah it goes back i think it goes back part of the concept that you know when you do things god's god's way he he's going to open those storerooms up and he's going to pour blessing and we try to instill that into our kids that you know they have set of growing up being young you got chores to do but we're not paying you there's we have no concept of of allowance i don't even hear that word no there's no allowance and i hear it all the time on kids you get an allowance what do you do for it no they just give you a weekly allowance i go "Mm, no no i said it doesn't happen in our family that you got you got to learn to work got to learn to understand you know what the value of a dollar and what a dollar can do and how yep. you use that yeah and uh we've instilled that in all our kids and aces i mean just um, blowing things up right now at an early age you know at 18 and it's i think just being instilled of when i do work hard and i apply myself and i discover my talents you know the it's endless what he can do you know yeah. it's again it's painting his picture for his future yep. you know and what he's now determined what he loves to do what is that Asa? what are you doing now so i do i know you probably know this already but um i do mostly like production stuff and so um i get contracted a lot to do broadcast lighting stuff like that but um i also um what i really want to go into and sports broadcasting so um like directing football games and whatnot um I have an internship with the Ford Center or the Cowboys, so we do their high school games at the Ford Center. Um, and I'm also the vice president of FISD Sports Broadcasting, so we get we get paid actually. Students, it's kind of it's kind of like a surreal moment. It's like, oh wow, I'm going to school at FISD and I'm also getting paid by them. So really, I could contact HR if I don't like a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, it's pretty funny joke that we some of the officers have in the class and it's it's really it's kind of like it's been like over the years and like instilling that from me is like hard work pays off and nothing's handed to you ever since i was like really really young i've always just like Mm -hmm. like been interested in technology and just like that side of things i know my dad was a a fox director and producer for so many years and so i kind of got that from him but um and i still remember the picture in the control, uh, room. control room with your headsets on it yeah. like eight we, years old or seven yeah it's ready to go yeah so um it's really just like being in the house and like you can learn a lot of stuff from just from servant leading and just at church and just being plugged in and doing that stuff because like i don't think i would i definitely wouldn't be here without like serving and learning Mm -hmm. at the church today and that's where alignments come in and all the different connections that you've got from one person at the church or another person has led you to a different person outside the church that has gotten you contracts and this and exposed you to other people in you know in the industry so right on yeah i uh, totally agree and that's why i'm where i'm at now uh with serving at churches moving 13 years in the children's ministry in threes and fours um I was like, this is about time for me to move on. Yeah. And uh, stepped into the production area and yeah. trying to trying to catch as much as I can. Yeah. Starting a company that myself this year or last year, not knowing anything about anything. Yeah. And uh, for sure. Yeah, so it's it's definitely helps out. Serving mm-hmm. is is a very big key on learning. It really opens up your mind a lot too, not just for like 
a specific a specific area but especially for production it's just like there's a lot that goes on but you can learn so much in a matter of how many years you've been there not even years it's like months mm -hmm. so with this question it's actually not uh you guys don't have this question at all but um asa with you being 18 and uh your sisters being older than that james what have you taught them about social media and how to regulate uh, handle hmm. What have you taught them about? This is actually a really good question. Yeah, so I'm glad is, you I'm glad you want, asked that. Yeah, this is uh, one of the myths that I want, or uh, rumors that I've heard. Oh, okay, so I, I want, want some, rumors about hold our on, hold family. On. Or hold on. <laughs> I want to hear these rumors real quick. Yeah. So, uh, I the rumor is the kids didn't have a cell phone until a certain age, and social media is off the books. Okay, you're correct on the first one. They was a certain age before we allowed them to have a device, a phone. And then certain things on social media was uh, monitored. Not even and just it, not even just certain things, but it's certain apps were said no to because I completely agree with yeah. mom did like my parents' statement after this after like realizing after a year I realized oh wow you were actually you're really right, right you're right wow. so usually yeah. that sentence right there comes like in their twenties and you just yeah. got to do eighteen <laughs> dad you yeah. were right after after like a year or two of just like seeing it and like not even seeing it but seeing my sisters like fail at it and like realize not even fail at it it's like snapchat mm -hmm. snapchat is so like it's so evil i'm not not even I'm glad evil. you said that because that was the first <laughs> word i was like should i say that I'm a lot of a that. lot of people use it not just like not for evil but a lot of people use it if you if you understand what i'm saying it's just like evil um if you use it the wrong way, mm -hmm. which a lot of people use it the wrong way, there, there's there's good ways to use it out there. Um, yeah. Some people use it at church just for church friends, and that's it. Um, but a lot of people in the school system and used it just for very evil ways, and I kind of like realized that from mm -hmm. my sisters. And really, like, there's no point. You have other social media platforms, and Snapchat is the number one thing that you can yeah. save stuff and hide stuff. Mm -hmm. And so it's like if you're really trying to hide, you know, whatever you're sending from your parents or from other people seeing it, then you shouldn't be you shouldn't really be doing it at all. Yeah. And I, you know, I got I got two things on that. One's funny. We had this app that we put on their phone. Um, it was a Christian app that we can control shutting shutting their stuff down, their phone down. This is actually pretty funny. Yeah, so, so sometimes, some so, some so some nights I'm in the room and I go, I'm gonna turn it off. And, <laughs> joke, and I sit there, turn it off, and I hear I hear Jade and Mariah, Dad, <laughs> and I turn it right back on. You know, so that that was fun. So we had control of that, like we. It, you know, if, if Julie and I were tired, we want to go to bed. It's not, hey, turn your phones in. But because we had a rule, turn your phones in at 10 o'clock. Yeah. You know, but if we were early, it's like, you know, well, they may not forget until 1030. So, I, you know, I'd put a timer on us at 10 o'clock. That phone shuts off. Um, another thing is, is we were always in prayer when they, when we gave them their devices. We were always in prayer. Lord, if there's anything that is not of you, you're going to reveal it. Yeah, and we've had a couple of incidences, you know, um, not a couple, a few with each, you know, with Asa, Jaden, and Mariah, you know, that have come up that we've had a dealt with, you know, and two of them, uh, one with Jaden, one with Mariah, um, were very serious. Where I had to contact some other adults. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'll just leave it as that. And but it, but it came to a point of thank you, Lord, you're bringing me this to for me to protect my daughters. And uh, 
so it's you know it's a it's a device that can be used in a very positive way but yet it's a device that can be used like asa said negatively negatively for evil for all the bad things and it more so now tends to go that route yeah you know so we're really careful and conscious of that but now as you know asa's 18 mariah's almost 22 no she is 22 jade is almost 24 you know jade is out of the house she's on her own you know we don't monitor that but for for asa and mariah we don't monitor the phone but we still, you know, we still say, "Hey, our guidelines are this," and just like, you know, I may be walking by. What are you looking at, Dad? You know, and it's, he may be texting something, or he's playing a, you know, wants to play a game. Or I something. don't play games anymore. Yeah, not on the phone. No, no, <laughs> I rarely play games. Yeah, no, rarely. But you know, we still want to be. We're still conscious that they're at they're at the right place on on their device. You know. Yeah. So, Asa, yeah. when uh, you as as these rules were being given to you, and seeing that other kids didn't have those rules, how did you deal with that? It's it's actually really hard at first, um, especially like when I was younger. Like I didn't understand as much, and like they have our best interest. But we sometimes you can't like it's hard to realize that because it's like. It's the it's definitely them being harder on us, which you know is what every parent should do on their kids because you can really just over the years. Sorry, I'm just gonna generalize this. Really, over the years of being in high school and seeing how hard my parents were, not just with my cell phone, but um, just in life in general, really kind of opens up my mind to, while I was seeing other kids and like what path they're going down. Um, but. It also comes with maturity too. So um, a lot of the rules, like I learned from my two sisters getting in trouble and I was just like, um, I really don't have a lot of friends in high school because I don't want to, I would say a lot of friends in middle school or high school because at that time I was, a lot of those got like people or like we're, they weren't good like influence, influences and like you know, you stick around the wrong crowd too long, you're going to become them. And so, um, just being like that and, um, I don't know, hold on, just slipped my mind. <laughs> but, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed with that mindset because, uh, that, that is something that I've actually had to deal with when I was up in college, knowing that the team that I was on, there was several bad, influences influences and uh some of them got kicked out of school and i knew that that's not that wasn't for me so i ended up coming back yeah so there's actually a lot of those at at, you know in high school nowadays i mean everyone's have has their own groups but majority of them are like we're all like a brotherhood so we're all together but there's like specific like groups that are people are like close with and so um just like you want to try to stay away from those influences as Mm -hmm. i wrap it all around and um just like a big thing, I really didn't have um, really major a lot of friends in high school. I mean, I had the the football team, which is a brotherhood. I wouldn't consider it like good good friends, but they're they're friends. But um, yeah. not like a th- I, not like having three. You're three. Not like having three. Yeah. Um, and really, it just like seeing these like the path of those people or the people in like football, people in school, and the path versus me and how hard they were and how mm-hmm. hard. The other people were it's like it really like i'm so thankful for it now because it like makes me who i am today and i wouldn't have like 
I wouldn't be where I'm at today, like I said, to wrap it all up. Um, yeah, and I have to say this about, you know, about Asa, though. Asa, being 18, we have recognized this long ago that he is far more mature than kids his age, and it came back to the relationships that he developed. And I'll say this, yeah. at his 13th birthday, there was... Uh, there was I know Asa gets a little embarrassed by this. I don't. I but, don't. Okay. But at his 13th birthday, there wasn't a person that he invited that was less than 20 years old. They were all over 20, and they all showed up for him. He yeah. wasn't any teenagers at school, nothing. He wanted these individuals, and these are the, the, the guys that spoke into him, um, you know, that were at church, that were around, and saw where he was going and said, this is a guy that's you know, can see, a, has a vision and can see it. And... Asa had that mindset. It goes, I want to get around those guys that have that have a vision and have a dream and are doing the right things. Yep. And, and those were the older the older guys. And yeah. And still. They, yep. Still, they're still there. Yeah. And they have what I wanted. Yeah. Because you know technology and not even just technology, but like relationship wise and you know. Mm-hmm. So I mean, Asa's got Asa's got another dad. You know, he does. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He does. That's so. something you don't hear about very often at all. <laughs> no, yeah. and it's it's kind of sad for me. It's like I kind of get my thinking off my dad. My dad thinks through situations a lot, and not even you're just a contemplator, mm-hmm. and I get that from you too. So just thinking about everything, it just honestly, I don't know what these kids are doing in high school. They shouldn't <laughs> be doing any of this. Even some of these guys at church, sometimes I just think, I wonder what happens at their house. James, uh, what was the decision behind the social media uh, restrictions and stuff like that? And where I was going with that. So currently I see a trend of the more social media you the kids have, their anxiety is just through the roof. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've noticed that through high school and the kids you deal with. But like I don't ever remember any kids that I was going to school with with anxiety. I mean, that was not a thing. And, uh, you know, as, as multi, uh, social media has gone up, the uh, uh, suicide uh, is right in line yeah, with that. Through the roof. Yeah. Um, you're hitting the nail on the head. And I'm not sure if it's something that chemically, and I'm, um, I remember reading and researching this a little bit, but there's something that's being released in the brain that you have to be attached to a screen and it comes through your eyes. Yeah. And a lot of kids, and this is, goes back to parenting too, you know, when we started what Julie and I did with the restriction there, we just didn't feel in our spirit that a device was a positive, a, a, an overly positive thing. We were seeing more detriment to it. Yep, yep. And what we've been seeing over the years is from parents, it's easier for them to hand a kid a device, go to your room, and they're quiet. They yep. don't have to deal with it. Yep. They don't want. They don't have to spend the time with it. Yep. They don't so, want to build a relationship. They can just say, "Hey, I'm too busy. Go take the phone, take mm-hmm. the iPad, take the laptop, do whatever you want." Right. And so, which it shouldn't be that. It should be, "Hey, let's have family time." Absolutely. Which, yeah. Let's let let's connect. And now we're seeing kids that are feeling very much disconnected. You're right. You hit the nail on the head. There is higher. There's more anxiety, and there's now there's more depression. More seeing an uptick in the suicides. Um, we had what two or three last year in our school. It was sad. I had one of my own, yeah. one of my own students, and yep. I'd never, never had thought nope. that he would ever do anything. Yep. But he did. And Julie and I, you know, my heart grieved. You know, and I, I was watching the 
the funeral zoom they did a zoom funeral and i was like i can't how what happened where was the disconnect and i i truly believe in it with with the the growing numbers of depression and anxiety and the suicide it deals with the device and lack of relationship between with their parents they so yearn for it but they feel so alone because the parents don't Sorry, the parents don't care anymore about spending time. Yep. They're doing other things. And it's like, yep. it is about investing time. And the kids. And Julie and I always think, we are going to be accountable one-on-one to Jesus one day for everything we did with our children. Not and, just and, not just for your children, no, though, but for every single person yeah, that they've and, come across in school. Exactly. That that should be every every teacher's or coach's thing is because a lot of people think, oh, I have you for one year and then you're gone or athlete athletics you have um, for four years but really high school is a major major pinnacle of um mm-hmm. you know growing up and so being there for being accountable like, yeah yep, yep and your teachers being there for you yeah like, you know so you we really think, have to build a relationship yeah, for them. yeah and we think about that all the time we're accountable to them right? and so it's like every person that we cross our path and yeah. if the lord drops something in our spirit and we don't act on it well he's going to keep us accountable on that day of judgment we're in front of jesus you know you you had an opportunity here. You didn't take that opportunity. So, I mean, I look at it like that, you know. And but I think the device is is turning more and more so each and every year a little bit worse and a little bit worse. I'm not just gonna say I'm gonna interject and like it's not just the device, but it's the people who do this like things with the device that's not yeah. good for them. Yeah. Um, whether it's people doing not good things or people doing not good things to other people, um, but. It really comes down to just, I would say, device and just like relationship and people. I mean, your device, if you if you learn the right way, you can use it the right way. Um, but there's just a lot of stuff mm-hmm. that comes off of that. Yeah. And a lot of it's people too, just especially in high school, just a lot of people are just, it's sad. But Consumed with it. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it, it had been several years since I've heard that rumor or now that we know that that was actually the case uh-huh. of the phones not being there in the social media. And I used to think, okay, I'm, I I think it's a bad idea for kids to have social media. But when Rona and his daughter came on and they explained it's, it's, they, it's something that they're going to have to learn because that is the way uh-huh. to go. And as long as you're guiding your kids through that, that it needs to be for done. Sure. Yeah, right. Because it's not—it's not going away. No, you know, no, it no. won't ever. It's only going to be enhanced, you know. And what's the next thing that could be detriment that they're going to discover that technology is going to go that? Because it's, yeah. it's everything's money driven. Yeah, it yeah. really is. Yeah. So what's the next thing you know that you can you can entrap you know a 12, yeah. 13, 14, 15 year old, sixteen, seventeen, you know, and then you've got them for the next twenty years. I keep thinking about like the, the McDonald's you know theme. Um, when he first developed, uh, Ray Kroc first developed McDonald's, his thought was, if I can get the kids, I get them for life. Mm-hmm. And, and that marketing plan, and it's the same it way with perfect. social media. I get perfect. the kids, and it's how, it's how Satan does it. If I can get the kids, I got them for life, and yep. I've messed up the rest of their life, their family's life, yep. the generation, legacy. Boom, it's all down the road for him. It's easy for him. Yeah, you say, what's the next thing? And I'm yep. a little concerned, and this might be old man, get off my lawn kind of thing, but... Uh, the metaverse that's about to come out and be released where you're not only doing the phone, but you're actually in the program kind of like, uh, what was it? Ready player one. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you can totally lose yourself in that. Yeah, Yeah. you can. And we don't know what, what that's going to detail in the terms of the mental focus for kids down the road. It's kind of sad actually just watching everybody 
you know being so addicted to their phones i mean um we that's what we struggle it's not even it's not even just addiction it's just like not using it wisely it Mm -hmm. is addiction yeah but i mean it's kind of hard to say because addiction because now this this age is technology is a big thing like you can't do a lot of work without technology anymore and so Mm -hmm. i mean i spend a lot of time on technology but it's a lot of it's just work related school related stuff Mm -hmm. like that i mean you have to have technology regardless so it's just like training and teaching your kids how to um use it wisely use it wisely and navigate it because i mean it's not going away yeah it's not going away I will, I will I will say this too is just it depends on the 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 kids maturity too because I know they had certain restrictions on my sisters um differently than they did on me because like they said I was definitely I'm definitely higher maturity level than my age should be which mm-hmm. you know I love it <laughs> it's pretty fun it's paying off now yeah well, it I'm, is it's it is. been paying off for a while and just um yeah, just being more mature and just it really comes down to your kids' maturity on just like the restriction wise. Um, because like I have my phone now. I've had my phone since I was like sixteen, past ten o'clock. I just keep it in my room now. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's just like the self control and like what you've learned and just slowly getting off that, even though it took some time. James, as we're wrapping up today, uh, what would be one piece of advice you would tell fathers uh going forward spend the time with your kids sacrifice find the things that you like to do that take up the most time change it yeah you know and uh make the time you know it that's that is just so monumental because you're not going to get that back yesterday's gone yep today is here yep tomorrow's not guaranteed so make today the best you can make it for your kids i like it well, as we wrap up, uh, one of the traditions that we have is having our guest pray us out. Um, before we do that, Alan, is there anything that we need to uh, let the strikers know? I'm not sure who's coming up next next week. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not sure who's coming up next. How about our uh, connection socials and stuff? Oh, yeah. So if you have any questions or comments, feel free to email us at mightyanvilpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Mighty Anvil Podcast and um instagram at mighty anvil podcast as well uh for those of you that just want to listen straight off the website you can go to the mighty that way you can listen straight off the website it also has uh links to spotify and uh itunes uh, google podcast that way you can uh you know stay in, stay in touch with us and uh stay updated right on well, uh, James, Asa, it's been a pleasure. Really, uh, the, those rumors are, were <laughs> something that I've been wanting to ask you for a while, and uh, I think that they have uh, produced some uh, really good kids. So it's all I think honor. you, I think really you had a key there, man. Uh, so would you do the honors of uh, praying us I would be more than happy to, right. absolutely. Heavenly Father, Lord, we first of all want to give you praise and honor, Father, for this day, Lord. We thank you, Father, for this podcast, for the Mighty Anvil, Father, that you would grow it and and, um, expand it, Father, to the four winds, O Lord, that only that you can do. Thank you for this time that we can just talk about, Father, the series Fathers Knows Best, Lord, as you are our great Father, and, and we look to you to be our example and to learn from you, Father, and to grow from you. We just, Father, I just pray for all the dads out there, the ones who um, 
will hear this and the ones who need to hear this, Father, that you would help them to learn about their place, O oh Lord, the legacy that they um, can leave, Father, to their children, that you would lead and guide and direct them in their steps, O oh Father, that you would change their hearts, the hearts of the Father towards their children. Father, um, as you turn your heart towards us, O oh Father, and you forgive us and um, the things that we do when we fall short, Lord, but you still love us. And Father, we just thank you. Thank you for this beautiful day you've given us and for this um, for this podcast, Father. We just uh, praise you and give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right, Strikers, until next week, we'll see you later. All right, Alan, uh, we'll uh, talk at you later, sir. All right, man. All right, Alan. Stay out of trouble. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Yes, pleasure. <laughs>